and some plants died, and there's <laughs> gaps in the tape, and a dog left the room. You really <laughs> proved it. I'm convinced. You sussed it out. You got there. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Great of the Title Podcast, brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is nobody. Jake is not here because I assume he's holed up at a Virginia brewery that's in the back of a Vietnamese restaurant. But luckily, I'm not alone here because sitting across from me in cyberspace is another guy who has dogs but doesn't name them. It's Mark. Hello. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week we watched 2013's Oculus, which Correct. was a jack pick, yep. and into which we will dive very shortly. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, and support the show at your level of choosing. Get some cool perks for your troubles, like voting on who loses beers for fears every week. But hey, if you can't swing that right now or just don't want anything more than this regular cast, we just appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. But now, it's time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. Hey, Jack. Uh, first off, how are you feeling about Jake being gone? Neutral. Neutral? Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you got to quip about him being gone. I realized I got a little further in the podcast than I expected to before I really started talking to you. No, your, your uh, excuse for him was oddly specific and probably therefore highly accurate. <laughs> All right. All right, Mark. What are your beers for these fears, then? Hit me up with that. I am drinking a Mind Haze IPA from Firestone Walker Brewery. Yep. This is a <laughs> movie about not really knowing what's real, what's not real. People's minds are very hazy. I'm going to chase that with a Suss It Out double IPA by uh, Level Crossing, which is a um, it's a brewery here in Salt Lake City. So that's the other part of this, right? They're trying to suss out what's real, what's not real. And they are through a very inaccurate understanding of the scientific method. Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. We'll I was looking that. for Mirror Pond Pale Ale. I feel like that would be a good one to choose here. I don't know if that's what you're going to be drinking here in a second. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, I think the state of Utah is out of Mirror Pond. So, well, I'll tell you what. Well, spoilers. Uh, you, yeah, you, you called it. I've got a Mirror Pond Pale Ale here. Um, because, you know, obviously it's a movie about mirrors, and also because I think the, the mirror pond in past incarnations, not in this one, it's brand new art from what I've ever seen before, but in past incarnations was playing with the Narcissus theme from Greek mythology, and this movie is not only about mirrors, but also playing with the, you're spending too long looking into a mirror, not liking, or because you like what you see in the reflection to the detriment of things around you, right? That Narcissus kind of theme, and That's this movie does this a movie? lot of that. Did you watch What's this that? movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see good stuff in the mirror, or less bad stuff anyway. Less horrifying stuff in the mirror. You than see what's whatever the happening. mirror damn well pleases. Yeah, and often it's less horrifying than what it's actually doing. Mm. Okay, fair enough. You get a nice picture of your mom, who's not crazy or dead yet at this point, apparently. Or you get a band-aid on your thumb, you know? Yeah, exactly. But either way, yeah, I got a mirror pond. I've also got one hazy little thing, IPA, left over from last week. So I'll just, you know, like you said, this is a hazy movie um, about what's what's been going on. In fairness, mine um, was mind haze. Yours is just hazy. You it's know. a hazy little thing for him. Okay. But uh, I will say this, though. I couldn't find mirror pond in bottles anymore here. They had okay. a bunch of Deschutes in bottles, but no mirror pond in bottles, just cans. Interesting. So I got cans of mirror pond. 
Uh, we finally got the new Jubilee in. Nice. Yeah, I like the new art on the Jubilee. Tis the season. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, Jake didn't even tell us anything he would have chosen this week. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. He, he did say he would have really leaned into insulting the uh, Patreon members, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. They must be a bunch of sickos or something, because that worked for me. Kind of. Yeah, it did. It's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> they like All being right. negged, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, I've been reading a lot about the game recently. But drinking beers and watching the movie Oculus isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We might also experience some other shit in the horror world, including paying up on beers for fears that we've lost in the past. Mostly me, not Mark. But yeah, let's cue that sound always effect Jack. anyway. Mmm, <laughs> beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! So, Jack, uh, what are you paying yes, up for this week? Yeah, Mark, so I saw the first one that I watched was one you watched last week. I won't get into it too much. I watched The Mist. Yeah. Uh, which was one that I had to watch for losing or for tying losing with you for the host. Yep. Man, this movie is a great movie. I was very excited to revisit it. Your description of it last week amped me up even more, bumped it up on my list, and uh, did not disappoint. So you'd seen this one before, yes? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. I almost, I'm kind of interested in the TV show, uh, the Netflix, or I think it's it's on Netflix anyway, 2017, The Mist TV show. Mm -hmm. Did you mess with that at all? No, I forgot that was a real thing. Yeah, so I might I might check that out just because I want to live more in this world because it's fantastic. But yeah, really really enjoyed it. Don't have anything to add from what you said last week. Great movie. Also, didn't couldn't watch the black and white one because uh, it wouldn't have. I even tried to buy the DVD like I was willing to buy the DVD, but it wouldn't have gotten to my house. Like it was like two and a half weeks shipping and not Prime available. <laughs> So it's just like, okay. shipping from some guy's house in Kansas. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, exactly. So I did watch that one. The other one that I've paid up on this week is I lost uh, when we watched I Saw the Devil. I lost that, um, which that one still irks me. But in any case, I didn't know even what kind of movies you had put on the poll, Mark, but you apparently chose <laughs> all kids' movies. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like a uh, yin so and yang I, thing. I had to watch Hotel Transylvania. Uh-huh. Um. I will tell you this. Based on my first 10 minutes, I was expecting this to be the least fun I could possibly have and to hate the whole world and you and everyone in it. Um, I ended up liking it more than that. I mean, it's not one I'd ever recommend to anyone who isn't a child, but for a movie that is heavily, heavily dependent on Adam Sandler doing a stupid, irritating fucking accent and doing it poorly and inconsistently. Which one is uh, he? I didn't even know he was in that movie. He's Dracula. Oh. He's the main dude, and he does a terrible fucking vaguely Eastern European accent and does it inconsistently. That sounds about right, yep. Yeah, um, but Andy Samberg voices the the main human dude who stumbles into the monster's world, and he was a fucking delight. And uh, I think Selena Gomez voices Dracula's daughter, and she also did a pretty good job, too. Um, it's, a, it's a fun enough movie. I Look, like I said, I was on board to rage out of my mind for how terrible it was it is there's a lot that like like all kids movies have these days there's some jokes that are there for adults but not it's not worth the number of fart and poop jokes and this being an adam sandler movie you can imagine they are they are plentiful and stupid and lazy um it's got a nice enough message though all those all those really hard-working poop jokes yeah exactly it's got a nice enough message albeit i don't know that one that adam sandler is qualified to 
to to give the message is like inclusivity and don't you know treat people the same even though they're different and and for someone in a place of privilege like adam sandler i don't know that that really uh but either way the message is good um so i watched it i didn't like it uh i didn't really have fun watching it but i didn't hate it as much as i was expecting to based on the first 20 minutes of this movie i mean yeah we don't really have many of these kids movies on here we did one of the first movies we ever reviewed this was actually before i joined was nightmare before christmas but outside of that we've yeah, never that's not even necessarily just a kids movie like this is this is clearly a kids movie right, in a way right, that right. Night, nightmare before christmas isn't really uh the other thing i will say is that if you do have little kids this is a fun inclusion into horror just because of uh, they play with a lot of the classic horror monsters in fun ways and introduce the you know a new generation of kids to the invisible man a werewolf the mummy a frankenstein all that shit yeah some one so of those fun. osmosis movies where like you watch this as a kid, and you're acutely aware of what all of the classic monsters are, but you're not really sure why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of fun. Um, in any case, that's all I've got to pay up for this week. Um, but I'm making progress on my list. Yeah, yeah. I can't, uh, you're going to have look, another one after this week, but as sure. much as I as much as I am losing, um, I can't lose more than one beers for fears a week. So as long as I continue to watch two movies towards it a week, I'll I'll start chipping away at this. Yeah, mountain. you'll get caught up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's cue uh, Scatman and go into regular Walking Horror Worlds. Scatman's World. All right, I've got just one I want to talk about for okay. what else has been rocking my horror world. It's an interesting one. I wonder if you've heard of the movie. It's uh, it's on Netflix now. It's a 2016 or 2017 movie. Very unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a British horror movie starring Katie Sackhoff is how I stumbled upon this one. Okay. Um, who is also one of the stars of Oculus. Um, and, uh, it's called Don't Knock Twice. Oh, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about this on one of the HRRs a while back. Wow. A while back. Must a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Years back. <laughs> uh, must have been now at this point. I don't know. Time's a yeah. flat circle, dude. Like I said, this movie either came out in 2016 or 2017. Um, but either way, I didn't love this movie. Uh, it was pretty disappointing. It kind of has an Oculus vibe where it's like, not a whole lot of reasons for the supernatural things happening. They're just happening to get you from scary set pieces to scary set pieces. But this movie lacks any of the character development of Oculus and any of the kind of overall feeling of dread that Oculus gives, maybe because you don't care about any of the characters. Um, it, it's a witch movie. I'll say that. Um, I don't want to really spoil it. I don't want to say too much beyond that. But uh, it, it has some scary scenes. It's not without those but it overall just doesn't work all that well it's uh not a recommend from me i remember getting that kind of vibe when we when we talked about it 15 years ago or whenever the hell it was <laughs> yeah exactly uh there was probably one of those that are just kind of like middle of the road probably not too bad but not going to be at the top of your list type of things yeah i think that that about sums it up it's yeah. it's it's definitely in the uh the character development and the writing that this falls apart i will say i'm interested to learn more about the the director and what he's done i didn't look any of that up but it was, I mean, there, there was some cool shots, and it's competently put together in that way, so that, you know, it was well-directed, just overall not fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm glad you watched it. It's been, uh, I mean, I've almost clicked on it a few times, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mark, what have you got in the Rocking Horror Worlds department? Oh, man. I oh, have Bill. watched a bunch <laughs> of oh, things. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, so I started off watching Slumber Party Massacre, which is on Shudder, if you feel like watching that. I don't really know particularly why I threw this one on. I was just kind of like trying to find a movie to watch, and this one came up, and I was like, okay, sure. That's sort of a classic, I guess. Hadn't okay. seen it. 
uh, from 1973, and man, gender dynamics sure were different back then. <laughs> Oof. Uh, this is like, uh, it's sort of like, you got your porno in my horror movie. You got your horror movie in my porno. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, this was a pretty prevalent genre of like B-horror movies in the 80s. Yeah, well, I mean, this is 73, but certainly uh, it sure, has that even nice... More, yeah, like TNA with some gore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this is. Uh, there's one of the scenes at the beginning where all of the girls are, so they're just getting out of like PE class or something like that after playing one of the most horrendously filmed games of basketball I've <laughs> ever seen. Um, and there's just they're just all in the shower because why not? And like there's there's plot happening. Like they're setting up the slumber party. They're talking about it, and the and the camera is just like on a girl's back, and then it just like. As they're talking, no other changes. The camera just then pans down, looks at her butt for like 10 seconds, and then comes back up. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's essentially what this movie is and does. Th- this movie was filmed by the embodiment of the male gaze. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I mean, and then the villain itself is like the laziest villain I think I've ever... It's just a dude... In, like, a flannel shirt, no mask, no lines. Well, he has, like, one or two lines. No backstory whatsoever except for what they write on, like, the synopsis. <laughs> and he's just running around with a drill, which is one of the least effective possible horror movie weapons I can think of. <laughs> and it's not, like, a normal, like, power drill thing. It's, like, a big-ass drill that's, like, three feet long. I don't know. It's just weird. Like a pneumatic impact driver for concrete and shit? It's not an impact driver, though. It's just a long-ass drill, just in case you wanted to drill, like, a three-foot hole or something. Yeah, all right. I'm sure it has some function, but I don't know what that function would be. Uh, For drilling, I mean, one function certainly is for drilling down into concrete. You could put, like, a redhead in there to secure something into concrete really deep down in there. Really deep down into the... I don't know. You made that sound way more sexual than I was anticipating. Well, we're talking about a TNA movie. You're getting me all excited. Yeah, <laughs> redheads and <laughs> deep down in there. Uh, so that's Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, we've described it at this point. You kind of know what you're getting into. Uh, I also watched One Cut of the Dead. Oh, hell yes. I'm very excited you watched this movie. Speaking of Shudder. Okay. I sh- uh, this should have occurred to me last night. Listener, Mark and, Mark and I and some other people were playing Dungeons & Dragons last night, and an interloper, not in the game, wandered into Mark's house, one of our other friends, and Mark just immediately grabbed him and started screaming to him that he needs to watch One Cut of the Dead. Now, you were... Almost blackout drunk at this point, Mark. I was inebriated. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't put two and two together. That means you had recently watched it, but um, <laughs> I was also inebriated. Yeah, so. I hadn't seen it. I just wanted him to see it and tell me what he thinks. <laughs> you were like hanging off him. I do not recall that conversation. <laughs> 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 Shit, I was in a worse way than I thought. Um, Yeah, we had a marathon eight-hour Dungeons & Dragons session yesterday. It was pretty great. <laughs> I was present. I was like mentally present for maybe four and a half hours of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, One Cut of the Dead is the movie I watched. I think we've taken the stance on this that we're not really going to talk too much about it because it is something that is like you could easily spoil it. And yeah, we definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. So, I'll just say I enjoyed it and uh, it was fun and I'm glad I watched it. Is it a high recommend from you as much as it seemed to be last night? I, oh, that might also have been audience-specific, though. Well, it is certainly audience-specific. John is a filmmaker by trade. So, um, I mean, yes, it's a high recommend, but I think it has to come with certain... It, it's not I, I, It's not a universal recommend, but when there is, when someone is looking for that type of movie, then it's definitely like a 
you need to watch this one first type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's interesting because it. I think it sounds like it's a high recommend from me. This is on my very short list for things we'll be talking about in on the omnibus. Yeah, and I mean that's exactly why I threw it on there. I've been kind of parsing through the lists of everything on Metacritic and Rotten Rotten Tomatoes and stuff for movies that came out in 2019 that I need to get out of the way before the omnibus recording in like three weeks. Uh, oh my and god! This is, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Snuck up on you. Uh, and this is one of those ones that simultaneously has a really high critical review score and a large, like high audience score as well. So, um, yeah, I needed to, I I was kind of waiting to see if I needed to watch this one. Maybe you guys would give me a recommend of this one over the omnibus, but given how high this it's been scoring, I figured I might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, uh, I'm. Ge- well, I fuck you for that because you took away one of the only movies I was going to be able to recommend to you. It's yeah, really you're gonna end up having. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch Hotel Transylvania because it's gonna be the only movie I haven't <laughs> seen that you have seen. Um, no, but uh, I, I don't think you said it, but I assumed you watched it on Shutter. Yeah, I, it's a Shutter exclusive, I think. So I don't know. Maybe you can rent it elsewhere, but I think you have to watch it on Shutter. Yeah, and you should. Yep. Uh, next up, yesterday was Thanksgiving, or two days ago was Thanksgiving, and we watched Your Next, which I think might be my new favorite Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, now explain this to me. I mean, look, when you said it, it didn't, it's not one of those things that I even had to think about. I kind of got it. I still can't really figure out why, but you said it, and I was like, you know what, that makes sense. So, they never state it explicitly in the movie, but I'm pretty confident it's supposed to be set during Thanksgiving. It's definitely autumnal. It's autumnal. It's like the family is gathering together for really no other reason. They do say thanks at a certain point. Meeting uh, significant others. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, regardless, they're all sitting down when, you know, shit hits the fan. They're all sitting down around a large table eating dinner together. So it might not necessarily be a Thanksgiving feast, but it's an autumnal feast that they're having with their family. And also the scene where they're sitting down and eating and everyone's arguing and Joe Swanberg's talk, talk, t- talking shit about the Cleveland Underground Film Festival and like how commercial film is his favorite type. It's the height of the genre or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's exactly type of bickering and argument that you'd see on Thanksgiving, right? So I don't know. Yeah. I think I think that is the, there really aren't really serious Thanksgiving horror movies. So I'm putting this one in there. I'm saying that is now one. Fair enough. And this movie... I assume continues to rule. It didn't fall apart for you between your fourth and fifth viewing or whatever you're at. <laughs> uh, yep, absolutely fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> I own this one, so I ended up just watching it on Blu-ray. But um, we, I mean, you can find this basically anywhere. If you haven't seen it, I think it is. I changed. Uh, I, I did make a momentous update to our website the other day, where this is now my favorite. <laughs> I've, Holy I've made the shit! Okay, yeah, that uh, is a big decision. Yeah, this movie fucking rules, man. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, I don't really have all that much else to say on it. We have done an episode called Check Your Six, I think. Something like that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to hear more about your next, you can go back and find that one. Nice. Yeah, L- definitely do, because I think that was a fun episode. It's a good movie. Yeah, download it. Tell all your friends. You know, all that stuff. Uh, lastly, very important to this episode, I watched Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan, available on YouTube. Yeah, Flanagan's short film upon which Oculus is based. Correct. Uh, did you, Have yeah. you seen this? I have seen it, but it's been a while. Yeah, so this came out in 2006. Like I said, it's available on YouTube. It's about 30 minutes long. I had never seen it before, so I wanted to take a look. I think at this point, it was basically the only piece of Flanagan content I haven't seen yet, other than Dr. Sleep, which just came out. (laughs) Uh, Very similar to this movie, but only one actor. There's, like, no effects. You can tell it's a pretty low-budget version. Um, And... You know, but same dogs, or same, (laughs) he does have a dog, (laughs) same gags, 
uh, with a dog, a houseplant, got the alarms going off, the uh, ghosts opening their mouths to play the alarm sound to fuck with the guy, phone calls, all that stuff. So I, you know, I just wanted to have this under my belt before we started talking about it. I'll probably bring up more to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good example of, like, these kind of short films. I mean, we talked about it with Chelsea Stardust, right, when we talked to her. She said, if you're a director and you want to get into horror, like, you got to kind of make these shorts and you're not going to make any money on them, but people will see what you're capable of when you make these shorts. And this is one that does show what Flanagan's capable of. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, I thought it was super interesting how much of it they kept. Like, the stories of the people are almost exactly the same. Like, there are parts of the script that are identical. Yeah, there's there, this, this is bringing up a lot of things. I think we got to get to the next bit because... Because I would just want to now talk about. Oh, I got a lot of stuff to say about this movie. Okay, well, lucky, lucky for you, <laughs> we can go to the feature presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2013's. Let's say Oculus ish, somewhere yeah, in there, 14, ish. I think. I think it premiered in 2013 at TIFF and then came out in earnest in 2014. Okay, no, that that probably checks out, yeah. Uh, this was a Jack pick. I picked this movie. Nice. It's been on my list of ones to pick for a while. I remember really liking it, um, and this is also one of those movies that I loved talking, like I really wanted to talk about with people, but there was nobody to talk about it with, because it's, I think, an underrated movie, rating spoilers later, I guess, maybe. But this was one of those ones that like I saw when it came out, and... Nobody else saw. People just heard. It's like, eh, it's one of those dumb horror movies, and it's about a haunted mirror. Oh, and I was like, no, fuck you, watch it. I want to talk about it with someone. Yeah, I agree. I I was in the same boat. I mean, I didn't see it when it came. Did you see it in theaters? Is that what you're saying? I'm trying to remember if I saw it in theaters or if I saw it in a less legal fashion. Um, I was oh. in law school when this came out, um, so I I probably went to the theater alone. <laughs> 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 you were doing some legal research on how you could illegally obtain a copy of the movie. Precisely, yeah. No, uh, but I think I might have actually seen this in theaters in Moscow, Idaho. Nice. Yeah, so pretty solid. Uh, but what about you? You've seen this before. I know that. Yeah, I'd only seen it once, uh, similar to you kind of right after it came out. I didn't see it in theaters. I waited for it to come out on Netflix, and we got the DVD in the mail back when that was cool. Um, and but, yeah, it's since. Mean, yeah, it's not cool now. <laughs> but you still do it. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't live my life based on what's cool, man. That should be very evident. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it as I was was watching it. I watched it. I, I was lucky enough to watch it with my wife, so we were able to talk about it. But outside of those two people, me and her, I you know, no one really to chat about it with. Yeah. And I don't think we'd really. We that's one fun thing about us as a as a friend group. We never really figured out that we each liked horror movies until recently. <laughs> Yeah, and we all kind of knew we liked him, obviously, but but like in college, Jake and I would do a horror movie marathon leading up to Halloween, um, just like get in the same place and watch horror movies. Uh, but you know, beyond that, it's like why well, talk about horror movies the rest of the year for some fucking weird reason? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we could have chatted had we known, but we did not know, so we didn't. Yep, absolutely. Um, but I picked this movie. Yeah. Mark, do you have a 30-second clock ready for me to do a 30-second plot synopsis? I sure do. 30 seconds around the goddamn clock. Clock starts when you start. 
11 years in the past, a nuclear family buys a house. They have like a, a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old or whatever. And uh, they buy a mirror to adorn the, the new office. The dad starts going crazy, killing the mom. We're jumping back and forth between time and the future. But he kills the mom. Or, and then the, the son kills him and gets arrested. Then 11 years later, he's let out of uh, the, the mental institution. And uh, he and his sister team back up to go try to beat the mirror. His sister set up a whole bunch of fail-safes. None of them work. The mirror fucks with them, makes them see crazy shit, think they're doing stuff they're not doing until eventually he kills her Time. instead of the mirror and the police come and arrest him. Again. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> uh, yeah, you mostly hit it. Uh, yeah. I don't think I got into the uh, paranormalness of the mirror enough or early enough. Uh, that's true. Yeah, exactly. I just said the dad it's, went crazy and killed the mom. I don't think I equated that to the mirror at all. <laughs> yeah, so so that important <laughs> point to be made there. Uh, yeah. There is a haunted mirror. That's what this movie is about. It's truly about a haunted mirror. Yeah. Why is it haunted? I love it. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. No backstory. I mean, some backstory, but not origin story. Right. Just backstory of the haunted mirror, but not about how it became haunted or why it's a haunted mirror. Yeah, they're saving that for Oculus 2. Is that a thing? No, I don't know. Probably not. Oh, I hope God. not. I, I hope Fl- Flanagan seems to be good at picking his projects. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, right. give it give it 20 years. We'll get Oculus 2, the beginning. <laughs> Directed by somebody who is not Flanagan. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. All right, so we got to talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except for Supernatural, because I'm taking that, and that might be the only one I can think of. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Monster? Uh, there nope. should be. There really should be one that's like reality bending. It's psychological. This is psychological. Okay, yeah, definitely psychological. Boom, nailed it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, cool. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, supernatural, psychological. Yeah, I think so. Indie? I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> it's don't not think indie. So. Shut up. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, that 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 about fits it off. So, Mark, let's just talk about what this thing does right. I think. I'm I'm really curious because you liked this movie. You were excited to watch it. I have no idea how it held up for you on the second viewing. Uh, it held up very well on second viewing. It depreciates slightly because you know the tricks before they happen. There's right. not you know a lot of this movie, especially, and if you haven't seen it, um, go watch it now. You know the plot at this point, but we haven't talked about like the actual meat of it really which is so, the best part of the movie is like it, the scares and dread he sets up in between e- exactly so like the way the actual events unfurl and kind of what's real versus not real is the entire charm of this movie so it like i just said if you haven't seen it pause we'll forgive you go watch it right now because we will start to now ruin it uh yeah, yeah that's but that's exactly right so the function of this movie is to play with what is real and what is not real, and the scenes of hallucina- of hallucinations are what this movie does right. All they're the fantastic, and and also they're not just hallucinations, right? This movie it's it's much smarter than just showing you things that ended up being hallucinations. It's you see a scene unfold in real time, and they're the 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 two characters, the brother and sister, uh, Amy Pond and her brother are talking, uh, and then you cut back to some weird shit happened and you see like the, the security camera view of what was happening and they're saying the same words and kind of a monotone deadpan, but they're doing totally different things. So it's really smart about how it presents these kind of hallucinations. Yeah. You're talking about specifically the scene where they're moving the cameras around. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I am confused who Amy Pond is, but Amy Pond is uh, Karen Gillan's character from doctor who. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I don't know who it is. Not a doctor who guy. Yeah, well, that's your your loss. 
Probably, yeah. I've tried, man. I've tried. Just doesn't doesn't stick. <laughs> well, then avoid the old Doctor Who, Doctors Who, because <laughs> yikes. Well, that's where I started. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. No, you got to <laughs> start I didn't like, like it. <laughs> yeah, probably. You got Chris Eccleston and Beyond, the rebooted Doctor Who. Gotcha. So, anyways, to get back on track, that's a great scene where they're moving the cameras. We haven't really talked about this yet, but there is a air quotes science experiment happening around this mirror. I'm sure you're going to bring that oof, up here in oof, a future oof, segment. Doofa. Um, and then they get surprised when the cameras have moved, and then they review the footage, and they realize that they that the siblings moved it themselves without realizing it. So the starting to things are starting to happen. But you have other ones too. You have uh, at the very beginning, you have kind of a classic horror scene with mannequins, an extra mannequin in the <laughs> auction house that like its heads are the heads are moving. She pulls it off, and there's like busts of I don't know philosophers. I have no idea who the people were. Um, you got the, the fingernail band-aid thing. Fingernails are always cringy and gross, and this dude pulls his fingernail off with a staple remover. <laughs> that was seen as cringy and fantastic and also really cool use of the mirror. Because it like like I said, it doesn't it's not the hallucination it gives you aren't the same trick again and again and again. Exactly. Or there's a apple that turns into a light bulb that turns into an apple. Yeah. Oh man, that looks great too. Uh, there's also, and this one was true in the, uh, short film as well, the people calling. So at one point she accidentally maybe stabs her fiance in the neck and kills him and then immediately gets a call from her fiance saying, Hey hun, how are you? Yeah. Everything okay? <laughs> and you're still like, I mean, she films the, she films the fiance to know whether or not it's real, but also I don't understand why that would tell her whether or not the person is there or not. So what? I still am confused. I mean, in the scene... In the scene right before that, she was she found the shattered plate on the ground and was trying to figure out if it's real or not and looked at it through her phone and it wasn't there. So that's why she then brought her phone up thinking that that would tell her whether or not it's real and why it affected her that it was real. Yeah, but the the, the mirror can just does what it, you see whatever the mirror damn well I, wants you to see. So. I understand why like from an outsider's perspective it's not a good it's not good proof that that's actually what happened, but from her perspective, I see why she has been led to rely on that preview. You at least there's an establishing shot that this is something upon which she's relied. Gotcha. In, in any case, she may or may not have killed her fiance. I, I think she don't did. know if she does or not. Yeah, it's all it's a very unclear. Uh yeah, especially because Hold on, I'm just I'm just putting this together myself. But they've the police know enough at the end when they arrest the brother. Yeah, they know enough to have watched the footage of him killing her. But if if she had in fact, I guess yeah, they can't arrest her because if she had in fact killed the fiance, they would have seen that as well. Uh, <laughs> they carry her dead body out in handcuffs. In handcuffs. <laughs> I also enjoy the kind of the setup that they have. That obviously has its flaws that we'll talk about later, but. Kind of the, um, I, I like to see the amount of preparation that Kaylee went through to set up the experiment. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the sister, the, pr- the protagonist of this movie is Kaylee, is Karen Gillan. Yeah, it's Kaylee and Tim, I think, right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, she which, and it also kind of tracks, right? Like, because she is a 23-year-old auction house worker, right? She's not a scientist by trade or by training. Right. So this I mean, I guess you don't really know. And but. 23-year-olds are idiots, right? I was an idiot when I was 23. But she I was probably a watch- good job. I was probably watching this movie when I was 23. Yeah, so we've <laughs> talked about past Jack before. That guy was a total <laughs> chump. Really, really fucking moron. Uh, but yeah, so like it, yes, she she goes through a tremendous amount of preparation, and that is cool to see. Even though the scientific method is not adhered to, it's still cool to see everything she did. Yeah, and I mean, it it's a good way of sort of setting up 
like these weird rules and like reality touch points so that you the viewer know what's real and what's not real even though they eventually get fucked with anyway exactly mark that's that's a good transition to what i wanted to talk about which is i really love the way this movie plays both sides of it like it has a genuine like a rational character but who isn't just oblivious to obviously supernatural things right the brother tim is is the the rational person in the conversation arguing against the supernatural right he's the, the yeah. skeptic saying no you're just cr- like you're just misremembering it fuzzy memories and and all this stuff it doesn't make any sense and there's logical explanations for all of it and it's kind of believable for you as the viewer if you go in blind yeah until exactly so it sets up this, these like two alternate and completely valid theories of the case until it finally has to show its hand and you get the camera scene or whatever like and i th- think it's paced so well and it does that reveal almost perfectly right it waits just long enough of you maybe questioning uh kaylee's motivations and like whether or not she's right yeah and was her dad driven mad by the mirror or was he just having an affair that the mom caught on to that type of stuff i mean you do see a little bit of the mirror influence earlier but uh you know you're that's kind of still up for debate yeah it's actually it's something that also, The Mist does really well. I was thinking about this, just maybe just because I watched it last week or whatever. But both of these movies are really good at kind of like putting people in camps that you then subconsciously ally yourself with before you, you have, have to. to choose. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's the whole thing of like the the Ninja Turtles. Why that those kind of exactly things are so what great. I was gonna say. Yeah, the total Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but it's, it's like why those things are so fun for kids to watch because you present four different archetypes of people and a kid will naturally identify with one, even though they're all presented as the heroes. Donatello is the best. Absolutely. Yeah, you and I have always been Donatello guys. Yeah, we're smart men, Mark. We're very smart men. Yeah. Plus, both staffs are cool. <laughs> very cool. In any case, yeah, that is something the movie does awesomely. And it's interesting that you mentioned the kind of supernatural stuff you see with the mirror from when they're a kid, right? The flashbacks. Because that's another really great aspect of this movie and really interesting to see and revisit, especially in the context of Flanagan's future work. He's really good at playing this timeline game and two different timelines that are not two different timelines, but two different time periods that are presented to you as the viewers like simultaneously, right? You're jumping back and forth between when they're kids and when they're adults as a viewer. And he does a great job with that. Exactly. It's incredibly creative storytelling that is linear but not chronological yes in a strange way and it is a i i realized about halfway through watching the movie this time that this is probably one reason why i like hill house so much hill house is basically the long version of oculus they are really almost the same yes absolutely (laughs) and i don't know of it like there's not a lot of directors that could competently handle it right that could deal with giving you enough of the past without revealing too much of the past, but without feeling like, why are you just showing me what happened in the past? Cause it's already happened. Like that's such a hard line to walk and you could fuck that up so easily. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he apparently got a lot of practice on this movie because haunting of Hill house, as I said a couple weeks ago is damn near perfect. So yeah, worked out, yeah. man. It's uh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, also th- this, this feeling is there's a feeling of dread that, is pervasive throughout this movie. Like you're never really comfortable. There's never like a scene where you can let your guard down. Yeah. This is one of those like butthole puckering movies. You're not exactly, you're not happy at any point after, after the, after this thing gets rolling, you're in and you're, it's suspense the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's kind of the major big stuff I wanted to talk about and what it does right. I don't know if you have anything else. I mean, we can talk generally about Flanagan's direction beyond just the storytelling. The way he frames a lot of the shots, particularly toward the beginning, is... I, I, I picked up on it as interesting because I think he shoots stuff that we traditionally are expecting a jump scare sight gag type thing where people are closing mirrors or walking through like areas and the cameras like they're at the wrong part of the frame. So you're expecting it to like change orientation slightly. And there's gonna be like something behind them or in front of them or whatever. And he just blows right through them. So they're really fast moments, but like just subconsciously, I think that that sets up there's, there's not a lot of jump scares in this movie. There's like one or two, but yeah, it's not they're, a, they're- they're earned jump scares, as we say. Exactly. And I think the way he earns them is by using all of these, basically just blowing past all of these other, like, normal setups for those jump scares and then not using them. Well, yeah, it's really interesting. It almost seems to be like the next step in the evolution of how directors play with jump scares, because you have, like, the first era of jump scares, like the 50s, 60s era of jump scares, where it's just there's a shot and a jump scare happens when the music swells, right? And then you kind of have the 80s, 90s era of jump scares when directors were aware of the jump scare thing, and so they did the opposite, which is they show you something, and they do the buildup, and then there's nothing there, but you know there's going to be a jump scare 10 seconds later when the camera turns around, right? So it's made you let your guard down. Mm-hmm. And this is almost the next step in that evolution where he's like, I'm aware of both of those things, so I'm going to do neither, but still have great jump scares in here. Yeah, exactly. Fuck so, with your expectations. Yeah, he's he's very smart in how he rolls these things out. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I'd say that the children do a pretty good job. They're, they're very competent, which isn't always the case. Particularly the young Kaylee, which is played by Annalise Basso. The, the young Tim, not so much. He kind of just has the... He just has that look on his face for most of the movie, like that's his move. <laughs> um, but I thought that young Kaylee carried it pretty well. I mean, when half the movie has to be told through the eyes of a eight-year-old, nine-year-old, then that's a bit of a risk always, but I think they did a pretty good job casting there. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I got nothing else to say. I mean, I have a lot more stuff to say, but we don't need to belabor the point here in Does Right, so do we want to move into Does Middle? Sure, and I have a big one for Does Middle this okay. time. I have a little one for Does Middle. Okay. For me, what this movie does middle is the Oculus's backstory. Because Oh, okay, go on. I think it's really interesting that the, I mean it's obviously based on a short film. It's really interesting that it so adheres to the short film because this is an idea that traditionally wouldn't work well when adapted to a big screen full runtime movie. Right? This is like it, it's why lights out. They gave them a whole backstory. They wrote a whole other thing. They brought in other screenwriters to be like, okay, but what happens in between the times the lights are flickering and something's creeping up on you in the darkness? Because horror shorts can do that. Films cannot. And this movie, I think it does a fantastic job. It is about as good as you could do with providing no backstory for the supernatural whatsoever. Yeah. Right? It's, it's sublime if that's what you're going to do. Because I don't care. I watch the movie and I don't care. I think it is still a flaw that it does that. But this is as perfect as you can do if you make that choice. Uh, yeah, and they kind of wink at it. I mean, I think it helps that she says there's no backstory or there's no origin story. Right. Like, that just sort of appears in the Lasser house in whatever, 1700-something in right. England. And she's like, no record of it exists before that. And I think that's sufficient for the viewer to be like, okay, so it's just a mysterious artifact. Cool. Definitely. And it's all because everything coalesces so well, right? If the pacing wasn't so good, you'd have time to spend worrying about where the fucking mirror came from. So it all coalesces, and it's the reason it's it's good. But it, it also is 
I mean, that that is kind of lazy. They just didn't want to think of a backstory for this mirror in what, you know, a traditional narrative would definitely have a backstory for this. Yeah. I mean, it would be... I, I always think of Annabelle as the stupidest fucking origin story where a person died near it and then blood bled into the so doll. fucking stupid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> God, dumb. But, you know, I mean, that's what it would be, right? The 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 glassmaker's wife was cheating on him, so he killed her and she turned into a mirror there. you know what there's there's your backstory done yeah a kind of recent example of this is in the tall grass right that adaptation because that's also an adaptation from a short story and also one that chooses to tell you nothing about why the tall grass is psychic and horrifying i Other mean i guess it doesn't it, grass coming from hell or something it, like that it's all it's got the in it uh spoilers maybe i'll bleep that but uh, <laughs> they tell you very there's like ah here's a thing <laughs> Here's I mean, the they kind of yeah. That's the weakest part of the movie too, when they actually sort of like show you the yeah. Yep, I'm definitely bleeping all that. But either way, um, it's it's I it the movies that can do this are rare that have no real origin story to the 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 monster to the the antagonist. But man, it's fantastic. Uh, it's just it's it's interesting that they don't provide any backstory. Yeah, I mean, as a as sort of a counterpoint, or not really a counterpoint, but just sort of a counterexample of times when this didn't work as well, 1408 comes to mind. Very similar <laughs> setup, where it's just like, here's this laundry list of shit that's happened in this room, where it came from, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, and I think I think Lights Out is another interesting example of just when you try to take, and that's, that's based on a much, much shorter short, so, but either way, I mean, they... they in that tried to add a whole shitload of backstory and an origin story, and it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I was going to actually include the exposition dump that you get for all of the victims of the mirror in Does Right, because I fucking love that scene. And the whole concept of, like, a lady dying of thirst in a bathtub, like that type of shit, or the guy dropping 200 pounds in six months or whatever other story you want to jump onto there. Like, they're yeah. all very well-crafted, like sort of just punchlines of psychological torture. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And and it's not really even exposition because it's not necessary backstory to the mirror, right? It doesn't explain why the mirror is doing what it's doing. It's just building you your sense of dread for for the scares that can happen. Yeah, so it's, it's it, sort of setting its power level. Yeah, exactly. Which is kay. above 9000. Uh yeah, barely. <laughs> what would happen do you think the Blair Witch What would happen if we put the Blair Witch with the mirror? In Rustin Parr's house. So you just set the mirror down in Rustin Parr's house? Yeah, assuming that's where the witch lives. Well, is the mirror facing a corner or not? Because I think it has to be able to see what's going on. Uh, it's in a corner, but it's reflecting the room. That's a very good question, Mark. Philosophers for the next decade will be trying to figure out. At least. <laughs> we'll get we'll get Adam Wingard in a room with uh, with Flanagan, and we'll have them duke it out. I would fucking listen to that podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, I'm going to move on to the next does middle thing, okay. which is how and why is this a WWE Films production? <laughs> I have no concept of what that even means or why I get, okay, so it's clearly just a movie studio that has nothing to do with the WWE. Why is it branded like that then? No, it definitely is the WWE. Like they, that, that production studio makes other movies like the Marine or Kane, see no evil like that. The movies that star 
WWE Which, The movies stars? that should be WWE Productions movies? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I vividly remember when we first when I first watched this one back in 2014 or 2015, whenever I got it, and I put that on, I was like, oh, Jesus, what did I get myself into? <laughs> right? It's, and then I, it's like a joke. It's like a cosmic prank. Because <laughs> like, there's like nothing else. I mean, I think they also have a couple of animated movies. Do they really? Yeah, I think so. Like kids' movies. Nice. About surfing uh, or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I just want to know. May, maybe it's distribution, but I want to know how that deal was struck because it doesn't make any sense. It's baffling. Yeah. Uh, is that going to take us to does wrong? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. we, we can move on. Yeah. Jack, you're raring to go on this scientific experiment. You want to just have at it? Yes. So yes, Mark, I I agree. I appreciate the level of effort she's put into this. But if everything goes exactly as she wants it to go, she's proven nothing. She's misunderstood the point of an experiment, the point of having a hypothesis, the point of chasing it by eliminating variables. At its most base level, the mirror makes you do things you don't remember doing. So all she's going to have is video of her doing stuff. Even if it gets smashed, (laughs) she hasn't proven her brother's innocent. She's proven she's a lunatic. (laughs) What if the dog disappears? Yeah, then a dog disappeared. Great. You also, that's the other part of misunderstanding the scientific experiment. You have no controls whatsoever. You have no plants outside the house. You have no, do- you have no proof the dog didn't have parvo anyway. You have no second dog outside the house from the same breed. You didn't need a dog in the first place. You just killed. How does a French bulldog get to that age with no name? Number one. Number two, you didn't need to use a French bulldog. Probably could have just used a rat, which is... I don't know, animal activists would say you shouldn't distinguish between the two lives, but I'm going to. Yeah. Um, That's fair, <laughs> dog. It seems fair to me. Um, there's just so much. The plants are throughout the house. There's no control variables at all. This is, she you takes her cameras up and down all the fucking time. Like she could just she just stops filming. For, yeah, for sometimes got to change the tapes out every forty five minutes. Why? <laughs> this was gonna come up in the nitpick station, but what kind of cameras in 2013, 2012, whatever need to change the tapes every forty five minutes? Yeah, well, or even had tapes. <laughs> even if they did, a micro DV or a mini DV, both of those are have mini micro cassettes have like hours of footage on them. Right, well, yeah, you can film in, like, the, I don't know, I'm going hardcore back to VHSs now, but you could film in the three different styles, like SP, LP, and SLP. Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. And if you wanted the high-quality film, you'd have to go for the SLP, I think, and you could have, like, two hours or something on that. But if yeah. you wanted, like, fuck it, it's just, I don't know, our old family movies, you'd just film it on SP, have, like, 12 hours of film on the same tape somehow. It was weird. Yeah. Oh my god! And and even the the little the the security camera she's got up on the wall that definitely doesn't have a fucking tape in it, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess to defend the movie slightly, she's very uh, aware that the mirror can manipulate digital stuff. She talks a lot about all the analog things, and that they're on separate circuits, which is important, and all this other stuff. So maybe she's just concerned of about digital artifacting or something like that and that real feel real raw real film can actually capture stuff better than digital maybe which is fine i get why you might use a real film but i'm saying one of the cameras definitely wasn't on film the tiny little security camera and the two that were didn't need to be changed every 45 minutes if they were yeah <laughs> but like I, i'm just thinking about her best case scenario she proves that the mirror is making the two of them do things they don't remember Great, your brother, who was 
incarcerated at nine years old and let out of, what, prison mental institution two days ago? And you, who have been obsessed with this and your job is suffering because of it, and your father killed your mother who also had a history of psychosis, I'm watching you guys do things that you claim you don't remember. And some plants died. And there's gaps in the tape, and a dog left the room. You really <laughs> proved it. I'm convinced. You sussed it out. You got there. Well, this isn't going to help at all. Well, and I mean, also, this is this is getting to what I, I had issues with on this watch, was that she's playing it awfully casual. Like, at the point in their lives, where they are right now, they can just let it lie for the most part. The brother is out of legal custody or whatever, and she's relatively well off and in a happy place and getting engaged or getting married and all this other stuff. They could just destroy the mirror and call it good and put it all behind them. Right. You don't need to prove to the kids in the schoolyard that you weren't crazy. Yeah. You can just, I know that it'll try and defend itself. That becomes amply clear, but you have this, this dead man anchor thing, whatever the fuck she calls it, that is going to fall from the ceiling and break it. So why even wait the half hour for that timer to go off? You know its power hasn't like happened yet, and its sphere of influence is still smaller than the room, so just fucking break the mirror. Yeah, it was it was transport it appears to be no threat when it's covered and being transported to the house. Hey, when it's covered in blankets, you can still smash it with a hammer. Yeah, and she's and they talk about this too. He's like, "Why not just smash?" And she's like, "I wish I could, but also you definitely can. You know you can. You have set it all up so that you can." It, it yeah, you you just had chose to wait until you looked at it again. Yeah, this is on you. This is on you, Kaylee. <laughs> it is. She's not that smart. Uh, she is determined though. So how well know. off is she? Because this is another thing the movie did wrong for me. Did she buy her parents' old house? No, she inherited it. I think it, I assume it went into a trust, and then I believe she said when she turned eighteen, she became the legal owner. Who was keeping it clean? It's so clean for uh, the a house was. that's been abandoned for eleven years. The mirror wasn't in there. I mean, she's owned it for she's owned it for five years or whatever, right? I guess, and she's just going in there to clean it in preparation for this mirror. Yeah, it's how she de-stresses at the end of a long week at the auction house. And that was was that her plan? Was I know I'm going to need access to this mirror at some point. I better start. I better get a job at an auction house in the hopes it comes up for auction. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a pretty pretty clever strategy. That's how it's set up. How, why I, would it, why would it be at this auction house in particular? I kind of assume that she tried to track it down, figured out where it was, and then applied for a job with the auction house. But I don't know. She's also been there for a while. That's so. what I'm saying. She's pretty high level at this auction house. Maybe she maybe she found it and then used her powers as an auctioneer because no one really keeps this mirror for longer than like two years to just grab it the next time it came through and put it through her auction house. And that just happened to coincide with the time her brother got out of the hospital? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that worked out perfectly. Yeah, it sure did. She throws <laughs> it out there like a total secondary thing and just like, oh, you know, by the way, remember <laughs> that mirror that destroyed our lives? So I kind of <laughs> stole it and own it now. And uh, you want to just... I know you've been out for like 12 hours, but you want to relive some childhood trauma? Christ, holy shit. Also, I, I know that the she is not wrong. Right? I don't think this movie is trying to say anything about mental health whatsoever. She, But she's not wrong that this movie, Mirror, is haunted, and, and her brother did not actually kill their father. 
and their father probably wasn't actually mentally ill either. But man, you'd have to be fuck. I'd have to be fucking sure about that. Like my brother's just spent eleven years getting treatment for his mental illnesses, and the day he gets out of prison, I'm gonna hit him with all this mirror shit again. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> That's how you push someone over the edge. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, I'm also just gonna bring up the visual effects for the ghosts. I mean, they kind of they actually are very typical Flanagan ghosts. He has a style. Uh, they it has evolved over the years, but like these look pretty similar to what you see in Absentia, even. And yeah, then, I mean, since then they've changed a little bit for like Hill House and whatever. But they're uh, they're also kind of vaguely grudge esque. Yeah, I just I don't know. I took issue with the glowing eyes. They kind of grew on me over time, but that first one you see at the, like the very very beginning is kind of meh looking. Yeah, not great, not great. I'm just I'm just I mean I'm just looking for things now that I am trying to include in this category. There isn't really a whole lot that this movie actually does wrong. No, no, but. You, oh, I get to blow the whistle. Holy shit. I was waiting yeah. for you to blow the whistle, but I've got it right here. We're going to go you to have nit- all the power. Nitpick station. Uh, this first one's a nitpick, not with the actual movie itself, but with Karen Gillan's American accent. It's not great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just. I did not pick up on that. She sounded perfectly American to me. She's got that Scottish brogue, and she just kind of, I think, has to make her voice go even lower than it actually is to get around it, and it just it sounds unnatural at some points. I think it works very well for her when she's playing a cyborg assassin in the Avengers movies, but less well when she's playing a 23-year-old auctioneer. She does kind of have a little bit of a Elizabeth Holmes vibe to her, just a, just a touch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess I didn't notice that at all, so I can go back and watch and see if I think differently but i don't know i thought it was now, fine mark off air you mentioned you don't have many nitpicks you just want to run through yours because i got a bunch yo yeah okay so i i have one big nitpick that touches on like a bunch of other little nitpicks but it all basically comes down to this design she has for breaking the mirror as a fail safe okay so she i'm talking about this 40 pound anchor thing swinging down from 10 to 12 feet above the well on the ceiling yes first off Pretty sure that would still break the mirror, even if there was a person that it hit. Oh my god! Yeah, Karen Gillan <laughs> weighs like one fifteen maximum. It's, yeah. that does not stop forty pounds of swinging steel. She would get straight up decapitated. The thing would keep going and swing directly into the mirror and shatter the fuck out of it. Or the momentum of the anchor hitting her would throw her into the mirror and probably break it just with momentum. 100%. This was one of my biggest nitpicks. Like There's no way she just stops. It or... Yeah, an anchor goes through a 40-pound anchor. Well, 20 pounds and a 20-pound anchor goes through her neck and doesn't move her one inch. Yeah, and uh, she stops, apparently, by using her arms that are now not connected to the rest of her brain. (laughs) Uh, That part doesn't make any goddamn sense. And beyond that, like, for as prepared as she was, is this really the best design you have for breaking a mirror? Like, why not? Why is the failsafe not put it on some, like, hinges that will drop the thing onto its face so it's face down on the floor? So not only does it not reflect the room, but it also probably breaks when it falls on its face. Right. Also, if a mirror falls on you, you're not going to fucking die. Right, right. Or, I mean, yeah, and if that's your plan, you could just attach it to the ceiling on the same kind of timer that just releases it mechanically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there are so many other ways to do this other than this weird contraption that basically it's, adds this extremely high level of risk it's that so you knew specific. about almost immediately because that's one of the first tricks the mirror pulls is showing them that they're standing in front of it. Like, they know that this is the mirror's defense mechanism and they do nothing about it. 
Yeah, exactly. It's very specific. <laughs> and couldn't you build like a plexiglass cage or something around this thing to physically keep you from going in there? Or like put an alarm on a tripwire so that if you do get close to it, an alarm goes off? But if you protect it with plexiglass, then you're not going to break it. No, no, no. Well, I mean like a plexiglass cage, like a big one. Okay. Like put all gotcha. of put the whole setup in a plexiglass cage that you apparently can't get into or something like that. I don't know. I wonder or if, if the, you do get into it, there's an alarm. I don't know. There's there's ways around this. It's there's not so many ways. I wonder yeah. if the best trap isn't just like three guns set on mechanical switches to fire from three different angles. Yeah. At three different parts of the mirror. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like trying to get you to do twister in front of it and somehow like the bullet hits your hand and it just stops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think just strapping it to the ceiling on a mechanical switch might have been the best plan. Yeah, exactly. Just drop it on its face. Yeah, I dropped one of my lovely wife's mirrors from like I was sitting down and I dropped it from like knee height to the ground and it shattered. <laughs> it went it fell like 15 inches. How long ago was that? A couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so you got a lot of bad luck in your future? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wow. Is that seven years or 13 years? I think it's supposed to be seven years, right? I can't remember. According I don't know to you, superstition. Man. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that's a the, good question. No. Do you think if they did break the mirror that they would have that many years of bad luck? Stevie or is this Wonder- like a, are you breaking the bad luck mirror and thus releasing good luck or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think at this point you're... I don't care about luck. There's a demon mirror. Yeah, I mean, but wouldn't that just be insult to injury that you break the thing and then you also have 15 years bad luck? I think these are the heroes the world needs, right? They're willing to deal with the bad luck. (laughs) They sacrifice themselves to give themselves bad luck so that there's no longer the lasser glass. Exactly. Okay. Um, That was my nitpick. What were were the rest of yours? Hit me with your lightning round. One with the title. An Oculus yeah. is not a mirror. No, it's like a window. Oh, yeah. And I guess because we have no backstory, we don't even know if the mirror ne- looks, if anything looks through this mirror. Well, I mean, the, the clearly the glassmaker's wife looked through the mirror, and that was how it started. Okay, sure. I'm coming up with I'm coming up with the origin story here, man. Fan theories, I like it. Um, <laughs> there was this at, wizard, right? At, Evil <laughs> wizard. At the very beginning of the movie, she parks just right out front of the auction house. That can't be where she just parks for work. With that, okay. This is this is your nitpick, her parking choice. Yeah, well, no, it's you. You're not going to be allowed to park right out front of the auction house. That's got to be for customers. If anyone's allowed to park there at all, I imagine you are correct. I don't know. And maybe this, they treat their employees right. It's employee only. And well, this commercial auction house. Home. Almost certainly has a loading dock as well that she should park at. Yeah, maybe she's parking in the back. She maybe knows. Like you see, she's parked out front. Oh, you see them loading the mirror into this thing. Maybe it's her birthday, <laughs> and she's Park like treating out front herself on your birthday. Maybe, maybe she took her husband's. Oh, he also works at the half. Fuck. My sister and I had that house. fucking laser tag game when we were kids, or oh, we a prior too. version of it. It never worked like it was supposed to. It never fucking worked right. No, it worked great. Oh, you just got a shit one, man. I still have mine at home in, in Boise. We can get it out and play next time. Well, yeah, that's ab- we're absolutely... Are you kidding me? We're absolutely <laughs> doing this. <laughs> okay, I'll root through my old toy chest when I go home for Christmas and get it out. Oh, I also had yes. one of the... I had the, uh, I had the fully automatic like laser rifle gun. <laughs> well, that's cheating. Uh, yeah, it was. It was totally game-breaking. <laughs> okay, excluding the other bad stuff about her uh, scientific experiment here, 
she is either bad at language or the movie got the scientific process wrong because she says it's an experiment. It's a hypothesis. The purpose is to break the mirror and prove it's evil. That's bad science. You've assumed the conclusion. That's the opposite of what a hypothesis should be. You should be testing whether or not the mirror is evil, not here's a hypothesis. I'm going to prove this mirror is evil. That's not how hypotheses work. I mean, maybe maybe they're da- they're taking like a really high level criticism of like scientific papers because a lot of people do assume the conclusion when they start their scientific research. It's a pretty big problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a huge maybe they're problem. just maybe they're just. It's a it's a whole send up of the academic research complex. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, it's a neat pick. Yeah, neat pick. We it's got a there. Neat pick. Uh, grotesque cow isn't that good of a burn. Uh oh! With the, that's what the ghost that's man what, says to the lady what, as she's walking out. That's what the husband says to Katie Sackoff. Well, right, but it's not actually. It's like not the husband. It's the mirror that says it to. But mom. it might say it you don't, through it's the husband. from off screen. You don't know who says it. Exactly. It's yeah. in his voice. Right. It's pretty... I'd be upset if I were called a grotesque cow. I wouldn't love it, but it's not like the best burn. It's not going to send me down the road to psychological peril. You want him to go back to the... Remember that show that was hosted by uh, Fez or whoever that was just like Yo Mama jokes? <laughs> Yeah. Do you want you want that? You want those burns? You want Jeffrey Ross to come on screen and just roast her for like two minutes? Well, I mean, I I like a better burn. Which so is to say, I'm what? advocating for calling. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not wait, saying it's okay mean? that he called his wife a grotesque cow. I want that to be clear. No, that's what you're saying. <laughs> okay, okay. You said good. that's a totally innocuous thing that Here's all what men do. should tell all women, you know? My wife definitely hasn't seen this movie, and she's out of town for the next few days. She'll get home, and I'll try it out, see what happens. Let you Okay, know. yeah, cool. The, yeah. See, now that's an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to conduct an experiment of whether or not people get offended when you call them a grotesque cow. <laughs> or um, whether or not they're just like, eh, you can do better. Yeah, for the most part, he does a pretty good job explaining all the things that could have happened. But that dog having parvo is not a believable explanation to me. That is where he kind of lost me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things a dog that could cause vomiting and diarrhea and weird behavior in a dog. I don't know why he chose a very specific communicable virus as the thing from a dog that's isolated and never shown to be interacting with any other dogs. I mean, it's a relatively not common but not unheard of disease that kills dogs like immediately. But to your point, yes, I feel like... 85% of dog diseases just result in them puking and shitting everywhere. So, my, hey, Mark, I had, to delay the rec- I had to delay our recording here today because my dog was puking all over my fucking living room, one of my dogs. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I'm probably very not confident that she doesn't have parvo. <laughs> I mean, you can you can uh, inoculate for that now, can't you? Uh, I think you can get parvo shots. I don't Maybe think not. so. Actually, probably not. Never mind. No, it's not like it's Bordetella. I don't know. I'm no dog doctor. I'm a cat guy. Another I, thing I that, have a bunch of dogs. I don't even name them, right? <laughs> exactly. Another thing that kind of bothered me about this movie is I, I like that he spends a lot of time explaining to her why the mirror wasn't supernatural, but then you should be much more okay with the experiment, right? Then cool. Then yes, I'm happy to sit here for this experiment. I'm now, I've convinced myself this isn't real. Great. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, but this is what she's. This is what she ends up saying to him as a rebuttal to him being all upset about it. Is that the mirror is controlling is in his head already as its own defense mechanism, trying to set this up as him talking her out of it. Sure, 
So that's, oh, that's why. That's oh. an in-narrative reason as to why he's upset by this. That's interesting. Okay, I hadn't considered that. Okay, never mind. Rescinded. Rescinded. Neat pick. Um, talked about uh, she shouldn't have chosen a dog for that task. Any other rodent would have worked just as well. You need controls. Yeah, there's um, specifically like a history of dogs, though. Maybe, it's, maybe it likes dags. Maybe. Two children cannot stop an adult Katie Sackhoff from opening a door. Really? Maybe? I don't know. Hundred percent. Okay, you just got to use leverage, right? You just Katie put your Sackhoff foot against the door. Is, looks very strong. Okay, and they don't use leverage. They're just like my nine-year-old body pressed in a V up against the door. It's not going to work. Yeah, that's the maximum. Like what, twenty pounds of force or something? Yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> and they show that it's not like latched or locked. She bangs it open a little bit. I don't know, man. That's a good nitpick. You nailed that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you're trying to chain a human up to a wall by their neck, use a higher gauge of chain. That one's got to be rated for a maximum of like 150 pounds. Probably yeah, you not could, even. Yeah, exactly. That one. They probably use that for their dog, which actually sort of makes sense. But yeah, yeah. And even if it's even if you even if the bracket went into the studs, which it didn't look like it did, but even if the bracket went into some studs there, you need a thicker gauge of chain because a an adult woman who weighs like 130 and putting at a full strength running at that is going to be applying a couple hundred pounds of force to that chain. Yeah, yeah. Or if she wanted to escape, like you can pretty easily just like squat that motherfucker off the wall. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So don't buy that for multiple days. She's chained up there. Don't buy it. Yeah, there you go. That's some that's some good advice from the A to Z horror guys. How to chain <laughs> up a human. <laughs> uh, last nitpick is the shop lights she's using have like full uh, bulbs in them and that is not the kind of bulbs that typically go into shop lights that's a very cinematic thing oh yeah you mean like they'd be the the kind of like weird shaped ones instead that are like small cylindrical bulbs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yep i've never seen a shop light with with a enormous round bulb specifically for the reason that they break easily when they're knocked over as shop lights tend to be well there you go maybe the mirror changed her Convinced her to get the shitty bulbs. <laughs> Neat pick. Done. That is one issue with this movie as a whole, is that basically any problem it has, you can just be like, ah, mirror did it, whatever. <laughs> mirror. Mirror. It's the mirror. The mirror did it. <laughs> Pretty solid. Uh, that's all I got, though, on the, the nitpick station. Yeah, me too. I'm tapped out on this one. All right. It's like, like time to go to ratings, I think. I mean, yeah, I guess. If we want to go out on like a note that meek, sure. I don't think we have a choice. Okay, well, yeah, I guess let's go to ratings then. Sounds good. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Aragorn would rate the likelihood that today is that day. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. And for ten, think of how Andy Griffith would rate the bird names Opie created. And Paul, there's three of them. I call them Winkin', Blinkin', and Nod. Them's fine bird names. Stories, first category to rate these movies. I picked it i guess i have to go first i'm gonna give it a five for story look i'm kind of andy daltoning it it's it's 
like I said, it's why it's what it did in middle for me. I really like what they did with absolutely no backstory, but there's absolutely no backstory, and this is pretty clearly a horror short. But it is wow. one with character development and with a cool narrative arc, so it's a five from me. Mark? That's an interesting take. I gave it an eight. Uh, you're focusing way too much on the mirror as a thing. I actually appreciate the ability of the story to just kind of refer to it as a mysterious artifact that does not need a backstory i think that helps overall and really like this isn't the story of the mirror this mirror is a character in it but this is the story of these two kids that have grown up and dealt with their family drama or whatever so you're talking the strength of this movie as we said is the non-chronological storytelling of how this family came to be where they are today that more worked in a from a direction aspect than from a story aspect. Like it's it's a really I don't know. I guess I didn't pop that into story the way he the cuts back and forth between the two. Uh, well, I did, and I gave it an eight. Fair enough. That's going to take us into world building and immersion. And I gave it an eight for world building and immersion. Okay. One, I think it builds a cool world, a small world of like the sister who became obsessed with this and thought about it every single fucking day to the detriment of everything else and to this this brother who is really traumatized by it and has to now relive it that he's remembering it's real i i like the world they build and i was fucking immersed i think i talked about the pacing earlier but this is paced wonderfully and it, it really does a fantastic job of giving you just enough of the old stuff to keep you interested doesn't make you want more from that but then cuts back to the new and it feels relevant at the right times it's fantastic eight Mark. Yeah, I gave it a seven. I think we're basically on the same page here. Uh, Well-executed psychological horror is something that is incredibly immersive, where you're not you're not really getting turned off by jump scares as they're happening. This is a very jump scare light movie, and the things that are happening are interesting and require you to pay attention. And as a result, you're pretty engrossed in this one from start to finish. Absolutely. And I think the the various different kind of hallucinations like you talked about, Mark, are one of the things that keeps you so engaged. Like you're, you can't really predict the next way the mirror is going to fuck with them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to take us into Scare Factor, which is our third category. I'm going to give it a seven for Scare Factor. This is a scary fucking movie. And I'm maybe even flirting with an eight. Um, okay. Man, this movie has psychological dread from start to finish. You do get to go on the journey of figuring out that the mirror is real and is a scary thing. I think this is it does add to the scare factor that you don't know the backstory of this mirror or why it's evil. It's just an evil fucking mirror. And uh, it's losing a little bit of points for there being a lot of more obvious ways to actually destroy this mirror. Um, but I still think this is a scary movie. And you're not really thinking about those like while you're watching it. Those are thoughts that came to me afterwards. So I think I'm going to go with a seven, but I'm flirting with an eight. Mark. That's pretty impressive because you are by far the most brave person on this podcast based on your <laughs> horror ratings. You've given an eight to three other movies in total. I don't object at all to this being one of them uh, if you did want to bump it up, but uh, yeah, it would be a rare occurrence for you to go that high. Okay. Well, I think I'm going with a seven. Okay. Well, as far as what I gave it, I gave it a six, so we're pretty close again. This would have been higher if we had talked immediately after I watched it for the first time, but I do think, kind of like I said earlier, I think it loses a little bit of punch at, on repeated viewings just because you know the twists that it's going to take. Sure. I also think it's it's an interesting choice the movie did, and I'm kind of just thinking about this now, to have the the absolute worst thing happened to the character who isn't really the protagonist, right? You identify less with the brother who isn't the main character of the movie, yet he's the one that, like, if you identified with the character, I think it'd be scarier because you'd be like, holy shit, you, you just get out of 
psychic psychological treatment for 11 years and then the next week you're right back arrested for the exact same thing in a parallel way like that would hit you harder if he was a more if he was the primary character yeah i mean it's not like they dissuade you from liking the character they, oh definitely they sort not. of build yeah. the bond throughout it's just that karen gillen's awesome and steals the screen most of the time man i fucking love karen gillen i should talk about that and what it does right yeah what it, what it does right is just karen gillen as long I, as it's I not mean, her yes <laughs> those jumanji movies are watchable because of her and jack black um, and and DTRJ, he does a fine job. He commits less. He commits less than Karen Gillan and Jack Black do. I mean, he's got his shtick. He's just the giant handsome man, right? Whereas Jack Black is playing a teenage girl. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. Excited for, for the new one. Forgot I think what he plays Danny DeVito. <laughs> also awesome. I forgot what category we're in or what I'm doing. Effects or judicious lack thereof is our next category. Thank you. And this is going to be a five for me. This isn't really an effects-driven movie. They never really take away from it. Like you mentioned, the ghosts aren't perfect, but they're not really bad either. This is just a movie where they're there. This movie, to its credit, is more scary because of the psychological shit than it is because of the effects. Uh, that said, like even the nail scene looks pretty good. It's a pretty easy effect, but they got it right. So they got it right when they needed to. They didn't do too much. It's a five. Mark? Uh, yeah, I went a little bit higher. I gave it a six and a half. It's, I, I did harp on it a little bit for what the ghosts look like, just because I think it's kind of weird. But like I said, it grew on me over time. This is mostly a judicious lecture of movie. I love the prop of the mirror. I think they do it very very well just to kind of make it i mean it's an evil looking mirror as far as mirrors go but like that, not too much they could have overdone that pretty easily yeah and it's that, still simple enough that black cedar frame looks pretty good one thing that i do think is interesting is i think it's the exact same mirror they use in the short that's cool that's yeah really cool. the maybe i'm wrong but the short also had a very similar looking mirror so they clearly knew like I just wonder if this is just like a mirror that Flanagan has in his house. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, he's just like, yeah, that's a creepy looking mirror. I'm going to use that. Sometime. Somebody stumbled on at a flea market. Yeah, at an auction house, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. Which is going to take us into overall. And I'm going to give it a seven for overall. This is a great movie. It's a yep. little bit of a bump up for me, I think, but this is an underrated movie. I've read a lot about this movie, and I don't really get a lot of the criticisms, which tend to be on the character development questioning, I think, it looks like. Um, I, this movie is fantastic. Look, it's it's a fun movie. It does a good job on several different axes, and I think it's really interesting the way he blends the past and the future together for one cohesive narrative, which to me seems impossible to do. So I'm giving it a seven. Mark? I went a little bit higher. I gave it a seven and a half. I this is one of my favorites. It's been on my short list to review for a long time. It always just somehow gets bumped. I was super happy uh, when you picked it. Actually, so we little bit of a peek behind the curtain. We were talking last time uh, on our chat. We were talking about just um, you know what we were going to do for the the plans for the draft when we did it. Uh, and we usually do three movies. This time we did two. And I said, well, shit, I'm down to three. I need someone else to pick Oculus for me. And you texted back immediately. <laughs> just like, Mark, no joke. This is exactly the, the Oculus is the exact one I was going to pick. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was it. a weird little coincidence there, but uh, it's uh man. It's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a thumbs up from me too. It's definitely a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, it's something that, it's it stands alone in sort of this area of reality bending. Like you don't really get a lot of these that are competently done, and this one is very very well executed. To yeah. your point, Jack, it has a sixty one on Metacritic and like a six and a half on IMDb. I think both of those are. I mean, they're both good, but they're both low. 
That feels too low, yeah. And there yeah. aren't, I mean, movies that have a lot of psychological stuff to them can start to feel pretty hokey because, like, there's something hard about just a camera trying to focus on a person going mad is a hard thing to get right without it seeming stupid. And this does it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a really good movie. Go in blind if you can after listening to our whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this is also one that I think benefits from watching Alone in the Dark. Maybe that's why my immersion was higher than I expected it to be on this one. But I this was one that like my wife's out of town, so I got to watch like pitch black, late at night, nothing else, everything else silent. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, I think it benefits from that. It is one that gets better under those circumstances. Uh, and it's one of, I mean, and part of that is just because of the like lack of fun. Like the timbre of the movie is very dark, so watching it in a dark space is probably a good synergy there. One hundred percent. All right, Mark. So last time I tried to get us out of here, when it was just you and me, I did a bad job. You want to try this week? No. <laughs> well, I think I want you to. My God, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're gonna make me do it, then uh, I'm gonna. Here it goes. <laughs> This has been episode 162 of the A to Z Horrorcast. See you later, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) If you like what we have going on, you can head on over to A to Z Horror.com with a hyphen and check out uh, some other stuff the show has to offer. We're going to be bringing you the horror release roundup next week. We didn't want to do it with just two of us here, even though I know this is going to drop on December 1st. Um... And let's see, you can find us on social media at Instagram and at Twitter. Both, oh, probably not just at those things, at A to Z Horror. Uh, Our tag is at Twitter. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> at A T O Z Horror on Twitter and at A underscore Z underscore underscore Horror on Instagram. I don't know. It's in the Something link. Something like that. Look at the description, it's in <laughs> look, there. Look at it below. Yeah, it's fine. Um, the music you're hearing is brought to you by Super Bear that you know how to spell at this point Uh, links also in the description there go go listen to them they're a good band Uh, yeah and uh, hey next week Jake's back so we got the full crew you won't have to suffer through another nightmarish exit like this one is Uh, I know we give Jake a lot of shit but he's actually doing something he's providing something to the podcast yeah, he's the only person who's memorized the outro. That's, that's the value he brings. <laughs> and, and is that why he hasn't written it down? So he's securing his place? It's like job retention? Yeah, it's not like we have a bunch of... We don't have 162 other episodes we could listen to that have the outro in it recorded <laughs> that we could transcribe. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, next week, what are we going to be watching, Mark? We are going to be watching a Mark pick. It's a movie called Coherence that I think we've all seen at this point, but I've been itching to talk to you about it. Hell yes. So until then... Grab some beers, grab some buddies, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week. Really deep down into the... I don't know. You made that sound way more sexual than I was anticipating. <laughs>